Howdy, hello. Hello, and welcome to another fine episode of Uva Ball Raw USA with me, Gary Otto, and Dr. Uva Ball. Welcome, my friend. How are you doing? How is Spain? To San Sebastian, where Natalie is, for a, a, a European Union entrepreneurship course of four weeks, uh, paid by the European Union. You only have to pay your own food, but they pay the flight and the housing and all the, the office stuff and whatever. So that is all good. So we went to San Sebastian and San Sebastian is in the uh, where it's normally not so hot as in the south, but the weather was very warm, very good. You could go in the ocean. It's the North Sea. So the sea from there goes over to England and Scotland, whatever. So it's normally a little colder. But uh, so, uh, but it was good to jump in. And we all know now I get a call. Wait one second. It's my son. Wait one second for one sure. second. Hello? Yeah. Die sind bei euch. Ja, aber ich bin mitten im Podcast hier. Das ist blöd, aber okay. Ähm, ich komme mal eben, ich komme mal eben äh, vorbei. Bis gleich. Fünf Minuten bin ich da. Er soll schon zur Straße gehen, bitte. Da kann ich ihn da aufpicken. Okay, tschö. Okay, dokie. So, I have to pick up my son, but keep that uh, taping. And we tape in 20 minutes again. I just have to pick him up. He got a fight with another boy. And oh, shit. On okay. somewhere. And so, uh, yeah. So All right, I, yeah, go, I, I, go get him and then you text me and then we'll... Yeah, I text you and then we, we just use the two minutes we have already. <laughs> and then we, we continue. Okay, I, okay, I'm checking out for now. Bye, bye. Okay, bye. we'll be back. All right, bye. Okay, bye. Oh, I'm back. Did Walter beat somebody up? No, but he, he basically was his best friend and they're always getting into fights. They playing whatever roadblocks or Minecraft and so on. Then they're flipping completely out on each other, and then uh, you know, <laughs> then things going downhill. Uh, and yeah, we were at San Sebastian. You know what? What the most impressive thing I think is uh, um, what the Spanish people. You you see the Spanish people, and. Uh, uh, you know, and they're all like this kind of. Okay. So, attempt number three. Uh, <laughs> what what I didn't know is that if I close WhatsApp, that then Spotify, the link is gone. How's that possible? Oh. Because I'm in Safari. On Spotify, right? It should it should be still there, even if I close WhatsApp in between. Pretty weird. Yeah, but it happened, and so I was in the middle of the San Sebastian thing. So the Spanish people who look healthier as the Americans, healthier as the Germans overall. I mean, because it's like they're more like brown from the sun. I think they walk a lot in the inner city, whatever. But the reality is, 
we're always getting this, oh, you need to interval fast, right? So you, you, you do the, the keto diet, like you don't, you eat at 6 p.m. for dinner and then you don't eat till the next day at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's the best for your diet, the best for everything. So, but when you see like in Spain, the people are not dying earlier, they're dying actually later and they don't have dinner before 9 p.m. So all the restaurants, there is not one restaurant in San Sebastian what opens before 8.30. Wow. Yeah, it's it's kind of horrible, right? Me and Walter, we came, we were so hungry because we normally eat at 6, 6, 6.30, right? So, and then if you... Uh, go at 8.30 or 9 in a restaurant, you eat till 11, then you go to bed with a full stomach. Huh. And I mean, the three days I slept so bad because I'm not used to that system. And also Natalie has enormous problems there, even if she's already over two weeks there now, two weeks and three days. And uh, I don't know how they do it. But it's crazy. So they all waking up. Nobody goes early to work. Like, so they go at maybe eight, nine o'clock to work. Then they have the lunch and the siesta. <laughs> so they sleep oh, and, wow. and have a longer lunch. And then they go back. Like, I think they have lunch basically from one to almost four o'clock. And then they go back to work till seven or eight, coming back and do dinner. It's a wow. totally different different rhythm, you know. And uh, you get in the afternoon are these pinchos, the little Spanish tapas you can get, mostly bread stuff with some stuff on top. Uh, you can get that in some bars, basically. That is the only snack you can get in between. And so, I mean, and I, I, we saw one Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, there was no McDonald's. Uh, because we were looking for where's some snack thing here, some fast food for in between, because we got really, really hungry. You know, I mean, uh, no, yeah, but that was the side side story. But San Sebastian is very nice. Did and, you go to KFC? Uh, no, we we stayed strong. We felt oh. like you know what, we have enough junk food at home, and so <laughs> here we eat. We eat. Uh, just uh, like the Spanish food, like they do a lot of grilled fish, uh, grilled meat, steaks, and stuff like this. And then on the last day, we went to an Italian spot because it was open at 8.30, like a half an hour earlier as the others. And we got a table. San Sebastian is a total tourist town. It's super packed with people, super, super packed. And because we were flying Friday, it's two hours from here only. You fly to Bilbao and then you drive like 90 kilometers to San Sebastian. We had a rental car. And so in Europe, everything is so tight, so close together. And then, uh, yeah, it's a Saturday, Sunday. We were the whole day there. It was so full with stuff. But it was cool because there was a little, I sent you the video where we went up the hill with that tram, with that yeah. little tram. And on top of that mountain is an old fortress, but also a little amusement park. Oh. With with, with uh, like a little roller coaster, a ghost train and this stuff. So Walter was excited about it. And we, we did like the bouncer cars, like with the cars bouncing into each other and all kinds of like horse ra racing uh, with like with, with toys, horse racing, all that stuff. That was cool for Walter. And uh it was not like you had to line up too long. It was like full, but it was not no no waiting time anywhere. And so we did this, and then went 
into the water every day and went to the aquarium uh, and stuff like this. It, it's good for a three days trip, but I understand Natalie now that she's kind of bored there. Uh, oh, no. in, in, yeah, I mean, she works in that office there on her uh, website stuff, but at the same time, it's every day in a way a different rhythm as here. And uh, no, yeah, but it's it good a that a lot she... of getting used to that, huh? Yes, you know, it's it's a different kind of uh, a situation when you uh, in you have a lot like we went to Mallorca last year on holidays, the Spanish island in the south, and they they were similar, but because there's so many tourists, they adjusted to other countries. So 7 p.m. restaurants are open. And, you know, 7 yeah. p.m. is different as 9 p.m. Because then you really, really eat till almost midnight. It's not that you get, like, super fast service if you go to a restaurant. Because everybody comes at 9 p.m. It's that's, that's fucking yeah. crazy. Because, like, if I ate a huge meal right before I was going to go to bed, I would need, like, Alka-Seltzer or something. My stomach would hurt. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I got uh, acid reflux and I got like, I of course, you're in Spain, you drink some red wine. I was sweating the whole night and we were in a hotel. What was a four-star hotel looked very good, right? And you go in a hotel with no air condition. Oh, and, God. And, and I like, uh, what's the air conditioning? Yeah, yeah, I assumed that it's, that it's just there. I mean, you're not even checking if there's air condition in Spain because over the summer, it's like 40 Celsius. So, and then uh, we were laying there and you opened the window uh, and there was a, a total standstill. There was no wind. So, and so I, I, my sleep there was absolutely horrible because I was overeating, had the alcohol, couldn't sleep, twisted and turned. And uh, now here it's... Yeah, for old. me, I won't eat. I like eat around five o'clock. You know what I mean? I won't eat that late because if I the later I eat, the more like shit I'm gonna feel. So yes, I 100 agree. It's it's like it's almost better to start sleeping, not hungry, hungry, but a little hungry because yeah. then you burn some calories and fat over the liver and everything can can uh, recover a little, you know. And uh, yeah, and in the airplane, I read an article. What I think is interesting, like they did tons of studies about all the sub supplements. I mean, I take vitamin supplements and all kind of shit, right? And yeah. um, they did long-term tests and all the trial studies basically come out with a few crystal clear messages. The one thing is if you take like pills, um, only five to 10% of that vitamin pill gets digested into your blood. The rest is will get just flashed out. So yeah, I like read that. It's like, oh, yeah. that's why your pee is all yellow and shit is because most of it's coming right out of you. Yes. And if you, for example, if you think you're taking now a thousand milligram vitamin C, the reality is if you take that pill, only hundred milligram will actually go into you. The rest is just like making you an upset stomach for example, you know, like having like, and the liver and the kidney and the digestion system must handle it like a pill, like a, like a real chemical thing. And a lot of times you get diarrhea, or whatever, from too much vitamin pills in general. 
And um, so the, it's more efficient to get it injected in your muscles, like an injection of vitamin B or whatever, or C or, or vitamin D, if you have a deficiency uh, on it. So get it injected in the belly fat, for example, has a way higher impact in, in your body. So then, but I said also, it's actually a lot of times a total danger for your body to take too much vitamin pills because it it over basically floods liver and kidney with that stuff and then they are too busy to to digest and form that vitamins out of your body so that cancer cells and others can grow easier huh. because the liver and kidney are busy with that shit you know i mean i know people they have 10 pills a day at least and I try now to, uh, after I read all of this, I try to reduce it now to maybe one supplement. They also said all that protein sub supplements what the bodybuilders take and other people that go to the gym are mostly total crap. And a lot of times they have totally shitty side uh, chemistry in it. Well, I know that if, you, for example, creatine, creatine yeah. monohydrate uh if you take that while you're working out your muscles will grow and they'll look bigger but they're really just filling your muscles with water yeah they flood you up basically yeah totally yeah. and and a lot of i mean the bodybuilders also in the article they they don't have a long life expectancy because it's not really let's say healthy and i mean a lot of them take steroids additional and so they take the human growth hormone yeah, yeah. So if they if if you do this, you're already in a totally different sphere. But let's say you're only a fitness freak, and but that additional protein shakes the whole time don't have the same effect as actually eating protein like meat, fish, eggs. It's better as to to drink that uh, that stuff. And the main message was that all that supplements. Of course, they lie to you in the advertising, like, oh, you feel much younger or your cells getting back on track, whatever. It's all made up because they are not medications. So they were never really tested. You can yeah. totally, because they are counted as uh, food. So they are totally not really regulated. And it per year are 40,000 more products coming into the market per year and it's a growing market what they think it goes to over 250 billion per year in sales it's an enormous market and to be honest when i watch youtube whatever every second spot i get is about a supplement like you want to eat burgers but you're still slim no problem put that shit in your coffee and whatever like you know like all that stuff what basically tells you you can slim down based on you take something and not eat less. Well, the biggest problem when you get older is if you slim down, you don't want to burn off the muscle. You just want to burn off the fat. And maintaining the muscle or building the muscle is incredibly hard the older you get. Yes, that is the thing. It's like, I, I mean, I do muscle training in a way every day, like push-ups, whatever normal stuff. I don't go to the gym. I just basically lift up my own body on doing some chin ups yeah. and stuff. So, and so I, th that is the key, I think, to stay fit is very, very uh, uh, important 
to uh, to train the muscles and not do only cardio because you see a lot of people that are very slim because they do marathon and stuff like this, but uh, th they have no more muscles. They're, yeah, aging, yeah. they're aging very much. They look very, very old. I think it's important that everybody should always be able to do at least 30 push-ups on the spot. Like if you asked me to do 30 push-ups right now, I could do it no problem. Good. So you keep yourself uh, in this shape, right? So what is very good. And yeah. I mean, I used to be able to do a lot more when I was younger and thinner, but you know. <laughs> yeah. And so before the, we come to the Ukraine, maybe we come in for Ukraine, we come last to the Ukraine. Uh, oh, yeah. What, what happened in the news? Uh, yeah. Did Ukraine accuse Russia of like blowing up one of their bridges or something? No, 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 no. A water dam. A dam, okay. Yeah, and it's it's flooding right now, huge parts of uh, Ukraine. But the dam was under Russian control, and um, I think actually this time, I mean, we know now that the Ukrainians blowed up the pipeline, you know, and we know also that the Ukrainians uh, had the drone attack on the Kremlin uh, done, even if they always deny it. But I think this one goes on Putin because. Um, the Ukraine since yesterday was on the way forward. They did an offense against the Russian troops. And uh, that is, um, yeah, Putin strikes back in it, like blowing the dam. The dam is flooding. The water floods over to the Ukrainian side and stops the military uh, advance from the Ukraine. But there are other things that are absolutely possible catastrophic now. Because in that dam was a, a hydropower plant, what gave the electricity to, to the nuclear plant. So, and I'm watching right now on Netflix this Japanese uh, uh, series about Fukushima. And okay. yeah, it's similar. It's like the the days or whatever was the name. It's a net. It's a Netflix show, uh, all all short in Japanese, but it's very good because it shows what happened in in, in Fukushima. In Fukushima, uh, there was the earthquake. Then the tsunami came, and the plant was directly at the beach. So the the water wave flooded the nuclear plant and trash the little towns, whatever, on the side. So, so now yeah. all the diesel-generated power supplies of the nuclear plant were flooded and shut off. And then they couldn't get on time power again, because was, but without the power, without the electricity, the, the tank with the nuclear shit in what is, it needs cooling water all the time. And the water was shut off because the computer and everything was shut off. So the water burned down and then the thing burned down a hole in the whole nuclear plant. And that was the end. Yeah, and the water is supposed to cool it, right? Yes. And there was no way to cool that water or to put other. The, the idea was then we flood it. We're flooding it, right? It also didn't work because um, you cannot just open the door of a nuclear plant and get the ocean in. So the thing burned through the ground, and where the yes. fuck did it go? No, it, it, no, no, it burned through the side. It exploded. 
Oh and goodness. and and on uh, in so here we had basically a nuclear disaster but the response from the japanese was exactly the same crap like uh, chernobyl before where in chernobyl it all happened because they completely failed the crew failed it was a labor mistake they they had no clue what to do made a technical error and chernobyl happened here it was a natural disaster but they're always doing the wrong thing they think everything is under control they don't evacuate anybody they try way too late to immediately bring new water sources or new power sources. They're waiting too long because you have only 12 hours. Let's say you have a shutdown reactor and there's just a thing in the water and nothing happens. It's just the, the nuclear center is in that water. After 10 hours, it's all over. It will burn through the thing. The water will be gone and you have the China syndrome completely fucking disaster so and now after in the morning i waked up and saw that news and i'm very skeptical now i'm very skeptical because when i read that the power supply of that nuclear plant is shut down and so what the fuck you know yeah, so that, that means like the, the time careless. is ticking so I, yeah, I hope they have generators. I mean, they have no floods there. They have no other, uh, uh, you know, the, the nuclear plant themselves is not part of the flooding. So it's not got, got flooded, right? So, but uh, I hope because it's in the, the nuclear plant is in Russian hands, but the Russians have the Ukrainian scientists still working there. They basically hold them hostage to run the nuclear plant. So, and now it's all about working together uh, in immediate, like making sure that we don't have another Chernobyl. Oh goodness! Yeah, because if this happens, uh, I have to move to Canada because the, the the reality is it's too close to Germany uh, that it will have no radioactive uh, um, impact. It's a Chernobyl had already a radioactive impact all over Western Europe, and I'm not going through this again. And um, or you can it, move to LA. <laughs> no, I want to. No, no, I, I go back to Vancouver. Then. But but the thing is, it's it's of course like the main question here comes back to I think what we both also talked a lot. The Ukrainians will not win the war. Yeah, you know, it's just totally balloony. What are we doing? It's like. We're giving them more and more weapons, so they bring it more and more Russia into the, the, they're getting the upper hand in the land war. But what are we thinking? That Putin retreats and gives it up? No, he will use, like this, for example, right now, blows up a dam and gives a shit what the consequences are. Which you know, is I mean, awful. That is, yeah, it's awful, but I mean, the next one would be, I mean, if he's, if he, uh, uh, of course, he said he didn't blow up the dam, but I mean, why do Ukrainians should blow up the dam and got flooded away? I mean, I think this time the Russians did it, but the the reality is also. So what 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 we want to do? Like what if we keep and Biden's policy is the same like German policy and France, whatever. We buffering them up with weapons, and now we want to give them fighter jets. The first thing they do with fighter jets is they fly over Moscow and bomb the Kremlin. Uh, no, for, for real. I mean, the, the the 
they said crystal clear, Zelensky said crystal clear the last few weeks again, we need the total victory. You know, we need the victory. The last Russian guy has to leave the Ukraine. We take every territory back and the Krim, that island where the harbor is for, for all the Russian uh, Navy. And before that, there will be no peace. And I mean, if we don't tell Zelensky, that is not how it will play out because that means we trigger the third world war. Yeah. Before, you know, he will fucking nuke Kiev. He will not lose the war. And I said that from the day one on. And so we need negotiations. We need to stop the mayhem. That dam was huge. You know, that was huge. There are maybe now 10,000 people dead because the dam broke. And nobody yeah. even talks about this right now. You know, it, I, they, they're all too busy with other shit, whatever, but it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, it sounds pretty crazy. And I think that uh, at least I hope that Putin will think of the consequences because, yeah, nuclear disaster affects everybody, you know. Yeah, go on CNN.com right now and you see a little video as a live update. It's right on the main thing. And Okay, let me see. Da, 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 da. CNN. Here we go. Oh shit! Why yeah. the Ukraine dam and its collapse are significant? That's on the main page. Yes, and you see the little video. What is running there? I have it here as live update. Let's see. I'm always on edition.cnn.com. Okay, wait. But it's basically. Now one big lake moving forward, but if you think there was a dam and there was no water behind the dam before, and now the water is like the same height like the water was before. So it's a total fucking disaster. Mm, boy, that's no good, my friends. I, I was hoping that better things were going to happen today than this, but oh, yeah. Boy. You know, but why are we always putting like fuel in the fire, right? And now we have the whole thing with China again. Yesterday was the two like ships near collision, Chinese and U.S. ship. Really? You know? I yeah, didn't yeah. Hear like about like that. they, 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 because the U.S. Navy, uh, what about it? Driving with ships around to show China, don't attack Taiwan. Yeah. So, but. Uh, they almost I mean, hit? What, yeah, they almost hit each other. I mean, the, the tension grows because, I mean, what what has the U.S. ships to, to do there? It would be like a Chinese warship is cruising around L.A. in front of Los Angeles, five kilometers in front of Los Angeles. And it's <laughs> like, like, you know, and driving back and forth, and then the U.S. <laughs> Navy would come and would tell them, go the fuck away from here, right? But what about the U.S.? Everybody assumes the U.S. can just do this. You know, and uh, 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 and I think it's unacceptable. You don't have to, and we do that all the time now. We trigger aggressive reactions, as we say, from the bad people. You know, and that makes well, me think about who is now the bad person. I mean, you know, it's it's this kind of like we are push we push Russia back more and more. 
we took all the French, the friendly Russian countries away from them and put them in the NATO and EU. And, and you know, and then we're super upset if Putin strikes back at one point. And, you know, that doesn't justify Putin invasion, invasion of Ukraine, but it makes it understandable why stuff like this happens. So, and when you have China, Taiwan is an island before uh, 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 China, and it's only like, whatever, a few kilometers from well, the this, coast. This is you why know, China but, empathizes with Russia, though, because of Taiwan. China has their own little situation, similar to what Russia is doing with Ukraine. Yes, but but the thing is, it's like we always acting like we are allowed to do everything. Yeah. And the yeah. others are aggressive dictator monsters. Yeah. You it's know, like uh, the United States thinks that it can put its nose in the affairs of just about anything happening in the world. That's true. And the United States generals uh, are aggressive at times to show their dominance. And it can come across as cocky. I can see the anti-American sentiment from different uh, sections of Europe because sometimes the United States is incredibly arrogant. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they do bold things. I think that the Taiwan situation is complicated, but I get it. I get it. Yes, I mean, of course they shouldn't invade Taiwan. Yeah. That is crystal clear that they shouldn't invade Taiwan and Moscow shouldn't invade the Ukraine. But the reality is it happened, Yeah, you know? And uh, uh, so, I mean, it's... Well, I don't think that Russia's resources are going to stop anytime soon. And it's costing us an incredible amount of money. So I think that at some point in the future, someone... Got uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, somebody with a clearer head says, "Look at what the fuck we're doing, and let's take a step back and try and go back to the drawing board or go back into renegotiations or something." You know, because we just can't keep going down the road uh, that we're going. It's too expensive, and uh, Russia's not going to stop. They're like the fucking Terminator. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it turned out that they have enough money to continue because all the shit, oil and everything, now where Erdogan won the Turkey election. So, uh, you know, they, he has he gets his stuff sold also without us buying Russian stuff like gas and so on. Yeah. So it doesn't bring anything. It brings us only that our pricing goes through the roof. We pay more for electricity now in Germany, for fuel and everything. So, and, and Russia still has the same uh, uh, money coming in as before. So, I mean, what is the point? If you want to san sanction somebody to hurt him, then you have to hurt him with, with a sanction, but not hurt yourself with the sanction, more as you hurt somebody, you know? It's ridiculous. And, and that is the thing. It's like we, we are not good in playing hardball. We are only good in trying to pay everything and to get everything winning because we have more money as the other side. And But it doesn't work. We will not blackmail Putin in a defeat. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. not happening. It's like, oh, look, the, all the sanctions we do now move out of Ukraine and declare defeat or whatever. We give Ukraine more weapons and they will overturn you. They will beat you up, whatever. 
all of this will not happen. They yeah. will not get defeated uh, uh, from it's, Ukraine. It's we can endless. give Ukraine any weapons we want. As I mean, not not nuclear bombs, but whatever we give them, it will not make the Ukraine with a few hundred thousand soldiers who are now fighting already for almost two years win against Russia. Well, they you know, it would be like them. Mexico attacks the U.S. or U.S. invades Mexico, and we actually think that Mexico will win the war and defeat the U.S. in the end. It will not happen. I mean, it would be totally absurd and whatever, but but it's an absurd <laughs> idea. No, but in the very end, the U.S. would beat Mexico. And it's the same situation with Ukraine and Russia. In the very, very end, the Russia, Russia will defeat the Ukraine. If this is an endless war where both sides using heavier and heavier weapons and more and more weapons, in the very end, Russia will win because the Ukrainians are tired. The infrastructure is destroyed. The people leaving 10 million Ukrainians left the country. I mean, you cannot win in the very end the war because you're not fighting in Russia. Everybody who lives in Russia has still their completely normal life. Nobody in Russia stopped working because of this stuff. Only the soldiers, but not the, the people, not 100 million Russians. They yeah. continue their normal life, but the Ukrainians have no more normal life since two years. So even if you have to give a few fucking territories, stop the madness. Yeah, we need to go back to the t uh, drawing board. We need to talk to each other, communicate, go into negotiations. Yes. Something. Yeah. Because this is not sustainable. No, it's very bad. It's very bad. And it has still the potential to completely escalate to a third world war. And, yeah. and it, we, we, we got used to the war, so we got tired of it. We didn't pay so much uh, uh, attention to it. You know, but but uh, we cannot let it slide into we just let it run forever and just accepting that there is a war, a full on war going uh, right on the edge of Europe. And we continue that that this, you know, I mean, it's that's uh, uh, it's it's very bad. It's not the way to do it. You know, no, yeah. but look, it is what it is. But this with the dam was for me like, you know, China and India told Putin, don't throw nuclear bombs, then we turn against you, you know. And uh, so he didn't throw uh, a nuclear bomb. He basically did something more efficient. Yeah, he's but doing... with the same damage. Yeah, he's, he's pretty smart. He's a good uh, tactician. Not that I'm advocating his behavior. But uh, yeah, he is a smart. Uh, he's not a dummy. You know what I mean? Yes, and uh, you know, and that is the thing. And also, it's not clever what the Ukraine is doing here. It's not clever. It's very, yeah, very shitty what happened there. And I think yeah, everything is short sighted. Looking, everything looking is the Ukraine only looks like one month ahead. Yeah, that's it. Seems like they're planning month to month. Yeah, yeah, but then things happen. You nobody thinks about it till they happen, and then they happen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I only want to say the last thing: the SAC Screen Actors Guild also voted with ninety-seven percent to go on strike. 
starting July 1st. Oh, the di- no. The Directors Guild did a deal. They're done. But the writers are still on strike. And if the actors go on strike, that would be very, very bad. Because uh, then, of course, it's a full shutdown of the film industry. And only animation films will get done. But who should do the voices? So, uh, uh, Well, maybe so- they'll hire a whole new generation of actors like myself. Exactly. <laughs> the non-union actors' time is coming up. And uh, we will see what, what will happen. But, for example, uh, my film first shift is in post-production. And if I have to bring them to ADR in the studio, ADR is like you speak the lines again because the sound was on set maybe not good enough for a few stuff. They would be not allowed to do it during a strike. And the whole post-production even of my film would be um, on hold. No, that fucking sucks. Yeah, so that would cost me also way more money then, right? So if you put everything on hold. So we are almost done with the editing. And as soon as we have the editing done, the the composer and uh, color correction and the sound uh, guy can really start working with what is there. And then we see if we need ADR or what we need. And I hope, of course, we don't. But if yes, then I hope I can do all of this uh, before... Uh, yeah, yeah. Before yeah. the fucking doomsday. Yes. So that is the thing. I mean, uh, it it will be also. I mean, it will have a thing about all the productions who are in production. They have to shut down. How hard that is. Well, there's a lot of expensive ones. Like they're shooting Deadpool three right now without a script. I don't know how, but they they must be shutting it down because of the acting actors thing. But even so, like the sets are built and they're probably all sitting in trailers. You know what I mean? Every day they're probably pissing away like $200,000. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to shut that shit down because that's Disney. You know what I mean? So just going to balloon the budget. But little tiny features can't fucking uh, afford that pressure. You know what I mean? Disney can afford it, but. Ugh. Yeah, it's very bad. I mean, uh, no, yeah, but we will see. We will have to stay tuned on it. And uh, next week can do the next podcast and we see in what direction everything moves. You know, I have to move forward that we maybe hopefully. uh, Well, I read that a big deal, a big part of the deal is that the writers are afraid of AI and that they're trying to set uh, limits for how Hollywood uses AI, because even though AI is in its infancy right now, uh, it has potential to take over just about every industry, uh, act from acting to writing to directing, you know? No, I know they are scared of this, but also scared of they almost get no uh, residuals and stuff like this, you yeah. know? But uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely... Uh, a threat for everybody, also for the actors, that they're getting replaced with with <laughs> dummies, basically. But the actors have less to fear. I think the actors want higher residuals, but they also want to help the writers now. So they put with that strike vote pressure on everybody 
that they maybe say, okay, we go on strike, the actors go on strike, that cannot happen, that will cost billions. So we make a deal with both unions. That is right now what I'm guessing here. You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah, we will see. So, and let's, uh, yeah, hopefully the nuclear plant is not hurt. That will Otherwise, be you'll horrible. be you'll be uh, recording from Canada, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okie dokie. All right, everybody, please follow us on Twitter. I'm Gary Otto Zero on Twitter. Uva Ball is Uva Ball 7. And there is the Uva Ball Raw USA main hub, Uva Ball Raw USA. And we will see you next time on this fine program next week. Tune in and share the show on your social media. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.